Welcome to the podcast of tomorrow, a Futurama podcast where today we are discussing season four, episode three, Anthology of Interest 2. I am Lindsay Wilson, joined as always by my co-host Alex Coons. Alex, how's it going? I'm good. You watched it. You can't unwatch it. You can't a... unwatch it. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> do you think that guy? Do you think that guy is the same same voice actor as Welcome to the World of Tomorrow? It's very similar. Yeah, I don't think so. I get the sense that like Welcome, he's like a bit higher, and this is like you can't mm. unwatch it. Yeah. So good Love voices all around, though. <laughs> <laughs> yes, perfection, perfection. How are you, Lindsay? Fine. We were discussing beforehand. <laughs> we are not that enthusiastic this week, but it's fine. I was I was reflecting earlier that it could be the prince of the product, and this is not that. So that is something to be. That's true. For. Yeah, I don't think we ever got feedback about the prince and the product. I don't know if I expected people to come out of the woodwork and talk about that one because it's like that was such a crazy episode. And I I don't know if a nobody's listening to to this show. B <laughs> nobody is watching the prince and the popper mm-hmm. or. Yeah, I guess those are the two options. Or yeah, see, so nobody cares. To nobody engage. cares. Yeah, I think that's maybe <laughs> the, Well, I think it's a combination of A and C. But let's yeah. see. Uh, <laughs> let me check in and see how many people downloaded that episode. So far, 58 people have listened to A Tale of Two Santas. Okay, that's not bad. Hearing my little Dorit rant. Yes. First in the product, 101 downloads. My God, these numbers. Devastating. That's um, all right. It's fine. It's fine. Triple digit. Refer your friends. <laughs> and, and I feel like those numbers are just, I, I guess I don't know where they're pulling from. If that's like from every platform or, or downloads or streams, you know, it's all, yes. it's all yes, a big I, mystery box. I have always assumed that is as much information as they can possibly get, but I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know that to be yeah. true. Alex, <laughs> it is your birthday tomorrow. It is my birthday tomorrow. You very nicely asked, is it your birthday on Wednesday and should we record then? I was shocked to that you knew when my birthday was <laughs> because you were famously off social media and that's the only way that anyone knows who's when people's birthday is. But you searched through our text history. Look at that. Yes, I was pretty confident that it was in January. And so I <laughs> said, let me just do a quick search because I knew I had asked you last year. And the context mm-hmm. for that was that Hazel was like, Alex is really good at setting up little tangent things. Mm-hmm. of like, oh, look, it's about birthdays. Lindsay, when is your birthday? What is your wackiest birthday story? <laughs> Whatever. And that was the example she gave. And I was like, I have no idea when Alex's birthday is. Like not yeah. even a whiff of an idea. So I had asked you and you told me and it's tomorrow. What is your wackiest birthday story? Oh, geez, I don't think I... Well, actually, you know what? I do have kind of a wacky <laughs> I was like, I don't have anything. Yeah, no. So several years ago, I, when I was living in Ottawa, there was this piano bar. So downstairs, mm. you could get food. And then upstairs, there was this guy who played the piano and would sing songs. And there was a dance floor, but it was like mostly old people just listening to the music and you could get beer or whatever. And mm-hmm. the guy in question played a lot of Tom Jones. And on my birthday, we went to this piano bar and this guy was playing Tom Jones. And this woman who was sitting right by the piano kept being like, I play fucking Tom Jones. And it was like incredibly <laughs> wasted very mad about tom jones screeching about it a lot and then eventually she went to dance alone on the dance floor and was so drunk that she fell on her face smashed her mouth blood everywhere pouring down her face and then she just like went into the bathroom and one of my friends was also in there and she said she looked like a zombie because she had blood all over her face and then she left that is quite eventful yeah I'm glad that wasn't you on your birthday getting wasted at the wasted and angry at Tom Jones. Super not. I was very sober and enjoying the Tom Jones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good. I don't know if I can top that. <laughs> Do your best. We 
I mean, this was, this isn't even my birthday, but a memorable adult birthday party was when a coworker of mine turned 30. We went to a Ninja Warrior studio and all of us are like very, I mean, I guess tech bros are are in shape. If you were to imagine the like ideal tech bro, you would imagine like somebody that rock climbs and hikes mm, and that kind of thing. True. So I guess I guess tech bros aren't like scrawny nerds, but the subset of tech bros that I went with are all, you know, very not in shape people. And we've just got like lap. <laughs> yeah. And like these 14 year olds who clearly went to the Ninja Warrior studio quite often just like ran laps around us and, uh-huh. and shamed us. Oh, tragic, tragic. What are you doing tomorrow? Anything? I'm taking the day off work. Um, nice. Very much support that. Yeah, but no, no real plans. Good, good. Will there be Probably cake? Get some good food. Yes, we're going to get a very good Oreo cheesecake. All right. Well, uh, anthology of interest, too. What did we think? I thought it was pretty good. I mean, hard to screw up these episodes like super drastically. I mean, I guess Prince and the Popper or whatever is a good example of doing that. But yeah, and I don't even know if the, our Treehouse of Horror Spectacular, I came in with this take where it's like, whatever. If one of these is bad, there's like three of them. They're like <laughs> six minutes long. And so yes. you just like sit through something stupid and then you're on to something else. So it's like, you know, the worst Treehouse of Horror, the worst anthology of interest, I think is probably better than some of the really terrible episodes. Definitely. Very forgettable if it's bad, like you're not going to hold it against it. And also incredibly easy note-taking from our perspective. I found this to be very (laughs) quick and very minimal pausing required. So uh, Alex, without looking, how many of the three tales of interest from the first one can you name? That is a very hard question. Um, <laughs> boy. Okay, let me let me logic this out. Surely there has to be a fry yes. one. Is there like fry? What if I... This is a total guess, but I could see this being true. What if I never came to the future? Yes, that is correct. And that was when and... there was the rip in the space-time continuum and the Hawking hole. And the what? <laughs> Stephen Hawking. He's like, it's a Hawking hole. Okay. <laughs> don't remember that what 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 happened so he there's a rip in the space-time continuum because he doesn't get sent to the future yes that's right okay Stephen Hawking is there they meet the guy who created Dungeons and Dragons I I got <laughs> I got none of it okay this was before the Hulu season though so that's it's like quite a while ago yes that's right yeah yes yeah let's see so I got fry even though I mm-hmm. remember zero of that uh there's got to be a bender story bender is there a bender story Yep. Bender. I'll give you a hint. Fry tried to hear it a second time. <laughs> they were like, um, we already saw that one. He's like, I know. I yeah, liked it. I, I kind of remember that joke. I'm having like vague recollections of like something to do with like Bender's apartment. Like, what if I, is this close at all? What if no. Fry never lived with me? Something like that. No. no. All right. What is the Bender one? So the way Fry asks it is, what if Bender was really tall? He was 500 <laughs> feet tall, and there's a scene where he's fighting against giant Zoidberg at one point. Okay, wow. <laughs> he was like, who's the 500 or whatever, 200 ton monster? Like, not I. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let me take a brief pause from thinking of Anthology of Interest 1 and see if mm-hmm. I can recall Anthology of Interest 2, <laughs> I watched a yeah. mere 18 hours ago. Yes, please. I'd um, love to hear it. What if Fender were human? Yep. What if Leela was the Wizard of Oz? Yep. <laughs> Which I believe the prompting thing was, what if I knew my home or something? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, And then the middle one, 
must be a fry story. I'm not looking at my notes, not <laughs> glancing. Boy, I don't remember. Yeah, it's definitely <laughs> the most forgettable one where I was like, I don't remember this at all. Like once I started watching it, I was like, oh yeah, okay. But just sitting here, I was like, yeesh, and I wasn't sure I could remember it either. But ah, the Super yes, Nintendo, I just looked Nintendo at my... one. Yes, the Nintendo one, which is like right up my alley. I'm so, yeah. I'm sad that I forgot that one. Okay, back to the back to the anthology of interest. One, the third story. Now is it Leela or did they go like, hey, we're doing the Zoidberg one because we're like wacky? I'm gonna say it was Leela. Was it Leela? It was Leela. Yes. What if I had two eyes? You're never gonna get this one. I feel like you're okay. like it's impossible. It's a very hard one. This is that episode okay. where Leela is like, what if I was a little more impulsive and then she kills everyone. Okay, yeah, very The man-eating anteaters and just <laughs> driving Bender around in a little car. <laughs> okay. What I guess first of all, did did you remember any of those if if you were asked yes. to think of them? I remembered the what if Bender was really tall because I like that joke. Okay. That is a good <laughs> joke. I remember the fry one of what if I didn't come to the future. I would not have remembered this Lila one. Okay. And from your recollection, maybe we can maybe we should do this at the end of uh, this podcast, but uh, we should compare the first episode and the second episode and uh, say which one's better. I think that's a good idea. I think we should also break it down of like Bender versus Bender. And uh, ah, very good. Cetera. All right. Incredible. So <laughs> any paperwork from the last episode? I know we got lots of little Dorit feedback from Jeremy. Anything yes. worth uh, talking about there? Thank Apparently it's that. a very good novel. Yes, thank you for that prompt. Jeremy sent a lot of notes about Little Dora, which I believe he hasn't read, but he sent a mm -hmm. lot of information about the circumlocution office. So that's something. Right, lots of quotes from Dickens, and honestly, great writer. Like, great writer. Know, it was very, very pleasant to read these quotes about Little Dorrit. Yes, yes. Kind of, said, it kind of inspired me of, oh, maybe I should go read some some Dickens. Probably not Little Dorrit, but... I told you to read Little Dorrit next. <laughs> <laughs> Give me your one book of 2024. Uh, that way we can talk about Little Dorrit more. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just enjoy hearing you say Little Dorrit. Yes, Jeremy also said, read the elf song. He never sang it with me, but I clearly sang it all the time. It was one of my nerdy flexes. He remembers me singing mm -hmm. it, has a clear memory of that. He also doesn't remember the supernova thing. <laughs> okay. Just from two weeks ago. So uh, I think that's all. There's Jeremy update. Maybe, yes. maybe we'll have Jeremy on soon. It's been a while. Yes, I would love to have Jeremy on anytime if we can find somewhere to record. Yeah, that's on you, Jeremy. <laughs> yes, yes, you <laughs> invite me. him over. You get from the studio. True. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh, live recording. That would be very fun. Okay. Yes, actually. Yeah. So some Sunday that would be optimal. I think daytime record. Right. Yes. <laughs> I don't know how we're going to share one microphone because we are drastically different volumes. But we'll figure it we'll out. Figure it out. Send him downstairs. He can record from the basement. All right. So the opening caption on this one, what I have is, hey, TiVo, suggest this. That I have? also have that. I feel like we need to check in every week now. Okay. Uh, yes. <laughs> um, yes. And then the opening cartoon, I didn't do any research into this, but I guess I could. Boop Corner, Alex, what do you got? Boop, there it is. I have a uh, public domain Mickey Mouse, question mark, question mark, <laughs> kicking down a door, question mark, question mark. <laughs> all right good good this is called a close call which is from 1929 and you often it has a link but it didn't this time so i have now looked into it it is an animated short film which is a part of the early sound cartoon series entitled aesop's sound fables so it sounds mm. like it's trying to teach you stuff but it was produced by the van buren corporation oh my god the van buren boys van buren boys exactly the film begins with a mouse playing tulips in a bell-like fashion says Milton and Rita are seen dancing together, but why is it not telling me who those are? Anyway, it doesn't matter. Rita gets kidnapped and 
some other stuff happens. I mean, the character um... that we see in the Futurama clip could not look more like Mickey Mouse. It's like, <laughs> like I don't know how they got away with it. What's the title Steamboat of it? Vibes. Uh, yeah. A Close Call from Aesop's yeah. Sound Fables. That's a close call to getting a cease and desist from Disney. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, exactly. All right. So we open up. The professor has finished fine-tuning the what-if machine. Before we get into the, the real episode, were you a TiVo girly? Not a TiVo girly, actually. I didn't have access to proper like cable television until mm-hmm. I don't know, 2008. And then my dorm room had a cable TV in it. So boy, did I watch a lot of Law & Order. <laughs> <laughs> I got TiVo. My parents gave me TiVo as a birthday present, which I don't know if that's a common present for... It's like your TiVo anniversary. (laughs) It is my TiVo anniversary. Oh man, that old thing. But looking back on it, that's like such a such a bizarre present to give an adolescent of here. You can now record record live television. Clearly, you enjoyed watching TV, and they were like, "How can he watch more of it?" That's true. Cheers, season four. Cheers, season four. I think I did a lot of recording of "Pardon the Interruption" on ESPN in my sports era, and. And then, uh, and then Survivor, of course. You had to change the the season pass every every year because, like, the next season had a new official title. It was a it was mm-hmm. a big flaw. Yes, big design flaw. I was actually thinking today I wanted to watch some old seasons of Survivor, but I don't really know how to do mm-hmm. that. So mm-hmm. it's fine. Mm-hmm. No Paramount Plus. So here's the thing: Paramount Plus in Canada, they used to have all the seasons, and then all of a sudden they were like, actually, only season thirty on. So I canceled my subscription. Yeah, it's a terrible <laughs> choice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you have a do you have a Roku? The the Roku channel has one of those like infinite Pluto TV thing. Yeah, exactly. Pluto TV. Yes. That's we do get fun. that here. Yes. Yeah. You just have to like stay watching it for 12 hours or whatever to see the whole season. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Don't touch that dial. All right. So may we jump yes, into the episode may, proper yes all right so the professor has finished fine-tuning the what-if machine he says something like it's now within like one one millionth of a plausibility <laughs> molecule or whatever and they're like it's so plausible i can't even believe it yeah he's fine-tuning it by just whacking it with a hammer yes yeah i liked that a lot where it seems like he's screwing up and then he's like i did it it's all fine-tuned yeah, yeah. So the first person who gets to ask a question is Bender, just like last time. And he asks what it would be like if he were human. Robots don't have human emotions. And sometimes that makes me very sad. Yeah. Uh, a real logical paradox to rival the tortoise and the, uh, and Achilles. the hair, the Achilles in the, in the tortoise. Or something like that, yeah. What was the other one that I was mad at? And then also uh, the interesting number, which was a misnomer. Well, yeah, I don't think we read interesting number. We read the, the Fletcher's the paradox. Air, yeah, the Fletcher's paradox. So mm-hmm. Bender coming up with much better paradoxes. Yes, yes. I listen to everything twice. I went. I hear you say it, and then I edit it. So I, these all stick in my <laughs> brain. <laughs> yes, and the professor really going after him here. He's like, "Let's give the baby what he wants." So that it's like, fine. <laughs> we'll look at it. Like, here he goes again, always crying. A lot of detail about the process of turning Bender into, into a human with reverse fossilization, where flesh and bone is turned into minerals, and so they reverse that process. Yes, he's like, uh, in regular fossilization, flesh and bone turn into minerals, and recognizing that, it was simple enough to reverse the process. Yes, I do like the the test subject of turned the toaster into a raccoon. Mm-hmm. Yes, and there's just a raccoon running around like with toast popping out of him, which seems very <laughs> yeah, painful, to- but he, he seems like toaster-shaped. Right. Yes, yes. And so he uses the process on Bender and he gets turned into a human, even though Bender's like, I don't know, I'm having second thoughts. He's just like, too bad. 
The when Bender turns into a human, he's blonde, which is a bit mm-hmm. like unsettling. Like, he looks yes, like maybe. a you know Simpsons, Simpsons character more so than mm-hmm. like actual Bender because you get like the overbite and all that stuff. And it made me think. Well, first of all, the his model, I guess, or his his human body looks like a New York firefighter. I don't know why I think this. <laughs> it's interesting. Who's the actor? Friends, firefighter, Phoebe. Oh boyfriend. my god. Yeah, the guy from Atypical, the dad. He was also in that terrible show that I really hated in the early 2000s. Yes, uh, what is his name? From Atypical. <laughs> Michael Rappaport. Yes, Michael Rappaport. Bender's Bender's human form just reminded me of Michael Rappaport. That's um, an incredible as... take. <laughs> yeah. A perfect take. I have no doubt. Do you see That's it? exactly right. Yes, yes, perfect. Yeah. And it made me think, what is Bender's accent? Because it's like, as I saw this character that looks like Michael Rappenport, and I'm thinking, oh, you're a New York firefighter. And it made me think, oh, is Bender's accent supposed to be like gruff New York blue collar worker? Or like, I mean, I know uh, Bender is Mexican, but there, he has like no Mexican accent. So like, lives in New what, New is Bender's, what is Bender's voice? Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. But I, I love the note. And also, I mean, to your point about him looking like a Simpsons character, he's also like, dressed as homer in the like white shirt and blue mm. pants so yeah so there's that also sorry i just wanted to settle this where i could figure out what the show was that i hated because i remember when i started watching atypical i was like i don't think i can even watch this because i hated this show so much but it uh-huh. was called uh, it was on like around the like there was the malcolm in the middle t- time slot at like 5 30 and it came okay. on in there and uh, sorry, what's the connection? Is this a, this is the Michael Rappaport. show. Okay. This is a Michael Rappaport. Yeah. So why can't I find it now? The war at home, possibly. 2005 to 2007, regular Fox sitcom. Yeah, I guess so. Did everyone hate it? Because if so, then it was that. <laughs> yeah, I think it's the war at home. And boy, did I hate that show. Yeah. Two seasons. 44 episodes we could do we could do a whole year of podcasting on at the war at home yeah i refuse i simply refuse yeah okay so that's fine uh yeah. it was nominated for the young artist award the teen choice award sorry i sidetracked us but bender's voice yeah i don't know i don't know i, I think he's just a new york guy yeah it says let's see english.stackexchange.com there's a question of does, does bender speak proper english does he have an american accent answer yeah pretty much Question, are there any features in Bender's speech which suggest that English is not his native tongue? Answer, no, not really. (laughs) No, that's a very informative answer. Yes. So anyway, the professor's very excited that he pulled this off and he's like, eat it, everyone who's never won a Nobel Prize. That includes you, Amy. (laughs) It feels like it's rare that he takes a dig at Amy like that. That would normally be like, and that includes you, Zoidberg. But like he goes for Mm -hmm. Amy on this one. Yeah, and she's upset. She does not take it well. No, she cries immediately. But yeah, so Bender is now a human and he's super gross and he's just like throwing up and spitting and yeah. Very excited about all bodily functions. Some uh, bathroom humor here. Yes, Yes, he says, you're not going to believe it. And Layla's like, no, don't be a show off. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, sort of a funny little moment where he kisses Amy and he's like, wow, that feels amazing. And then he kisses the professor and says, it's not working anymore. And the professor says, speak for yourself. Yeah, I like that mostly for thinking about uh, the uh, Futurama wiki implications of this Amy yes. makeout. <laughs> yes, true. <laughs> Even though she's hideous and everyone hates her. Yeah. 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 
Yeah. And so he really likes drinking and smoking. And Leela's like, you used to do these things before. Like, why is this any different? Why are you so excited? And he's like, yeah, but now it's bad for me. So even better. Yeah. A bit of a montage here of him just like being a partier. Uh, I like mm-hmm. his, he's at some club and he says the rhythm is doing something to my human butt. Yes. Yes. It's that like do that conga song or whatever Mm -hmm. and uh, yeah they say part of being human is self-control and the professor tries to make him go home so he can rest before the nobel prize thing the week after and he's like absolutely not and runs away and says goodbye moderation i'm guessing you're not a big dancer have you ever like gone (laughs) out drinking and dancing no not a dancer also not really a big drinker so those two often go together in my experience (laughs) yeah I, it's just that neither am I clearly. And just what a, what a different life some people yes. lead by who can like comfortably and excitedly go out and, and dance. Yes. Comfortably being in their own bodies. Imagine. Yeah. <laughs> Honest, yeah. Honestly, every now and then I will like dance in my own home, but not in public. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And not good at it. No particular rhythm. The other day I did like the Elaine dance from Seinfeld and Hazel said that I did a very good job of doing an impression of that. So I can dance ironically. Yeah, (laughs) that's fun. I've seen some good like various baseball games will have like Elaine nights where people dress up Uh, as Elaine and they all do the the kicks and it's all very good. I love that. The thumbs. Mm-hmm. Yes. So a week later, they are at the Nobel Prize judging and the professor's just up there like vamping for time. In fact, he says like <laughs> enough stalling. Zoidberg's going to be helpful with the exposition here where he's like, is Bender still missing for a week? Where is he already? Yeah, exactly. Uh, that That's a line that stuck out to me as well, or it's a very funny, like obvious reading of ex- exposition. I don't know what uh, about the line makes it like that. He might say like exactly one week or something like that. Still missing for a week. Where is he already? I think like, where is he already? Is Yeah, just yeah. like a... Yeah. But anyway, so the professor's like, all right, without further stalling, because Fry's going to be like, we found him. He's here. I present to the Nobel judges the first robot turned into a human. And everyone is horrified because Bender is now very, very large and dying and his like liver is failing. And yeah, he's bad. Yeah. Immediately, just after a week has completely like worn out his body and just <laughs> a disaster. That's and they say, not only do you not deserve the Nobel Prize, you are hereby kicked out of the Academy of Science. <laughs> but then Bender is going to say, don't judge me till you've tried my way of life. And he basically initiates or instigates a little hedonistic night of partying. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess this goes in the face of what we just said of like all these nerds partying and living the way that, that Bender has been living. Yes. Yeah, they it's Warnstrom is going to say, truly, you have lived more in your one week of being human than we have in our entire lives. Yeah. So Bender is going to get the Nobel Prize in chemistry. Maybe I'm like actively having an existential crisis as I'm like, oh, my God, I could just like go out and and party and dance at this very yes. moment. You could go out dancing tonight in honor of yeah. your birthday and be like, it is my birthday. Did I bring this up about New Year's Eve about how I had a thought of what if I just go to Times Square right now? No, but what <laughs> but i i was uh we were in new york for new year's eve and we weren't really doing anything we were just hanging out and you know i was talking to my parents and my dad was like jokingly saying like oh well i'll see you at like Times square um, new year's rocking eve yeah and it's like okay that sounds like a horrible experience but it got me thinking like oh i could just like get on the subway and see what happens if i like get yes. off at 42nd street and just like be there be a whole new person <laughs> yeah but i didn't i stayed inside <laughs> as expected yeah. you probably had a better time honestly uh, yeah in, 
You could have been like Bender and died immediately after the party began. <laughs> that is true. I do love that. Yes, Bender has died. And as this is revealed, we learned that Bender died 12 hours ago and it's just been sitting there. Yes. And they were like, but he said woo. And it was like, no, that's just like air escaping from him. So they roll him away. Apparently, according to the Futurama wiki, the reference to you get the Nobel Prize in chemistry is a very niche joke where apparently really? a lot of Nobel winning chemists were like hey the people who keep winning this are barely even chemists so <laughs> oh my something. gosh how did that work yeah i don't know <laughs> i did well, not interrogate we'll this at all that. so if anyone knows anything please write in but that was yeah. what the wiki said famously that's reliable the futurama wiki maybe you and i should go for a Nobel prize in chemistry if that's still happening yeah yeah maybe <laughs> submit <laughs> one of these episodes yeah be like but look at our incredible podcast chemistry yeah, nice. <laughs> you gotta you gotta pick an episode where you don't say incredible after say after I say something boring. That's yeah, the, that's the death of our podcast grid. Maybe does not exist, although it might be yeah. like even even the one where it was called out. I think I said it like twice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You you honestly you have been like much better, and I'm sure that it is a, a very conscious effort. Now when I say it, I'm like I said it. So, <laughs> it comes out without me thinking, but I am conscious of it now when I say it. Yes. All right. So anything further about I Meet Big, which was the title of this uh, first one? Uh, I guess the the reference to iRobot, which is nice. And then, yeah, the the little episode ends with you watched it. You can't unwatch it, which I, <laughs> I love this dude. Yes. Very, very good. I think that was my favorite one of these little interludes. But, uh, uh, I like the second one, too. Yes. Well, we'll get there. And this one is called Raiders of the Lost Arcade. And Fry says, I wish life was like a video game. And then he says, can you say that in the form of a what if question? And he says, what if that thing I said, which is always a line <laughs> I really like. That is very good. I like this one a lot. I mean, it's like thinking about these anthology of interests. Let me look up what Trias of Horror was happening at the same time of this anthology of interest. And the reason why mm. I'm interested in this is like, this feels like such a, you know, early teens yes. trios of horror of like, we're just going to do like kind of a wacky genre idea. And it's like mm -hmm. not a trios of horror, like not really scary. It's just like something different. And like the vibe of this one is so much of just like, ah, we have like video game jokes and yes. we're like, just going to do that for a little bit. Yeah, we're just gonna yeah, exactly. Make some of these jokes for a little while for six and a half minutes and then be on yeah. our way. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've always really loved the that thing I said. I think I say that quite often in my real life. Like <laughs> that thing I said, you know. Yeah. Um, very good line. The trees of horror that aired the same year as this episode was Send in the Clones, which is Homer cloning himself. Yes. And like running him off the cliff. The fright to creep and scare harms which is... <laughs> That's a very uh, like, um, big reach on the name on that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he dreamed a world without guns and the town is now defenseless and all the zombies with gun guns rise from the grave. He's you got a board with a nail in it. That feels like a, it's exactly the same thing. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and then the third one was The Island of Dr. Hibbert. Ah, uh, yes. Oh, my God. We've talked about this, that that was the last episode I ever watched on a Sunday night. <laughs> wow. Tree as a Horror is the one that killed me. Or I was okay. like, I'm not watching this anymore. So, no. Is that so, Tree of yeah. 14? That is Tree of Horror 13. Okay, so season but in 14. Se in, se in season 14, yeah. Yeah, so that was when I called it forever. <laughs> wow. 
<laughs> so yeah, I don't know if I don't know if those episodes like really speak to the vibe of this Futurama, but it's definitely the same kind of stuff. I feel like the first anthology of interest was a little bit felt a little bit more early Simpsons, and this one feels a little yes. bit more mid Simpsons. I would agree. Yes, very contemporary with the teens. Mm-hmm. So. Yes, so the simulation starts and Richard Nixon is about to sign a treaty with Ambassador Kong, Donkey Kong, from the planet Nintendo mm-hmm. 64. <laughs> yes, Jeremy was saying that we should just become Twitch streamers and play N64 games together. Yes, I'm not opposed. I really like this idea. <laughs> I would be down. I can get that going. <laughs> yes, yes. I don't know how to do anything, but I'm happy to join you on your Twitch stream. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Incredible at all the games. Just don't know how to let anyone watch me. <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Yeah, great. But yeah, so Donkey Kong attacks Richard Nixon, and there is now a war. I really like the line of, good evening, ignorant pigs, put down your crack pipes and your beer bongs from Richard Nixon. (laughs) That's funny. I never never write down any of the Nixon quotes. I don't know why. They're they're too fast, maybe. (laughs) Your crack pipes and your beer bongs. Yeah, I like that Donkey Kong, as he's like leaving the UN, he turns it into the Donkey Kong arcade stage of like jumping on the building and the floors become all diagonal. That was very good. Very good. Yes. And Mario is one of the delegates and he says, Mamma Mia, the cruel meatball of war has rolled into our laps and ruined our white pants of peace. Yes. This seems very similar to that Pixels. The episode we watched about the Pixels. Is that what you're talking about? No. So there's a movie. I think it's an Adam Sandler movie. Yeah, there's a horrible Adam Sandler movie called Pixels where the poster board even is like Pac-Man in the real world. It's like the exact, I, I haven't seen it, but I imagine it's the exact plot of this episode of all the arcade games come to life. Oh, my favorite, you know, gimmicky episode, a concept episode about video games is I think the community one where they have the game Pierce's father's will or whatever. It's a very good episode. Are they like pixelated in that? I, I know that they yeah. did like a claymation episode, but do they... Like, yeah, they know. did like an 8-bit kind of thing, and it looks awesome. Cool. Yeah, and I did half of a cross-stitch of it, never finished it, but I should get back to it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yes. So because Fry knows video games from the 20th century, he is brought forward and introduced to General Colin Pac-Man. <laughs> yeah. Pretty good. <laughs> I like that a lot. Fry says that he spent all of ninth grade studying these, except for the day when his eyeballs started to bleed. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would like that to be me playing Ocarina of Time again, but I'm very busy at work, so I have to wait until I have a little bit more time, but can't wait until I play it until my eyeballs bleed. Do you uh, want to do a draft of N64 games? Do you want to do a, a N64 corner briefly? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> How about we each take, we each get four games. Does that work with a snake draft or is that unfair for someone? One, two, three, four, five, four, five, six, six, seven, eight. Well, let's say three to four. Um, okay. <laughs> would you like to going. go first or second? I'll go second. Okay. With the first pick, I, I will take Ocarina of Time. That's my favorite game ever. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good good pick. So I guess just because I want it, I will take Majora's Mask then with number oh, two. Oh, interesting. Yes. And I will take Super Mario 64. Mm-hmm. That's my second pick. Yeah. No way Mario 64 is making it to me. Okay. So I get two more picks. Back to back. GoldenEye does not hold up. Banjo-Kazooie, I was never into as much. Banjo-Kazooie scared me with the, I think we've talked about this when, uh, did you ever play Banjo-Kazooie? A little bit. I never got like so into it. 
Yeah, the game over screen is the villain realizing her plan of switching bodies with your sister and like the sister walks out of the like cauldron or whatever and she's all like witchified and it freaked me out. So I never <laughs> liked that game that much. I will take Diddy Kong Racing, the better nice. of the kart games. Wow, um, a scorching take. Yeah, Mario Kart 64 doesn't really hold up either. Wow, no, I disagree. <laughs> so let's see, I have Zelda, I have Diddy Kong Racing, and I will take Paper Mario. Oh, damn it. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> a perfect choice. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, it's better that you have it so that you I can have some more variety. But yes, uh, a perfect game, <laughs> an incredible game. I love Paper Mario. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Thousand Year Door, also incredible for GameCube. Yeah, so. even better, I think. Uh, yes, yes, yeah. I, I would tend to agree. Uh, a great choice. All right, damn it. Well, all right, you get one more pick. I get one more pick. All right, let's see. I'm considering a couple. So I really enjoyed Harvest Moon 64. They just re-released it on the Switch version. It's very nostalgic for me, but I don't know if other people love it as much Mm -hmm. as I did. Give me Conquer just because I talk about it all the time. Wow. And if I could only play those three games forever, I think I'd be pretty happy. My my college one of my college roommates always had a nice story about um, Harvest Moon 64 of in Harvest Moon, you can like romance various characters. Yes. And one of the characters like gets locked out very early. And all you need to do is bring her some grapes. But he never knew that. And so he would yes. he spent his childhood, you know, trying to romance this woman. And uh, <laughs> she hates she always... everything. Yeah. Yes. Incidentally, her name is Karen. <laughs> really? Oh, my God. Wow. Yeah. Before it's time. Yes, exactly. Yeah, you bring her grapes or there's a glitch in the game or if you just show her your dog like a thousand times within one day, her heart will turn pink. <laughs> My God. It's like so, a she hates flowers, though. <laughs> so, yeah, way ahead of its time of just like posing with a dog makes women love you. So. Yeah. Yeah. So my friend Jack was always devastated as a child that Karen would never love him. And <laughs> his takeaway was that he just had to had to give her grapes. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I think you won the draft. You got, what did you end up with? Ocarina of Time, Paper Mario, and Diddy Kong Racing. I ended mm-hmm. up with Super Mario, Majora's Mask, and Conker's Bad Fur Day. I don't know. Both very strong. What an incredible yeah. console. <laughs> I Conker's is not on my short list, but that's because I never, I don't think I've ever actually played it, like other than yeah. like maybe an occasional like multiplayer round. That's very hard. I found it very challenging. <laughs> yeah. That's near door. Man, that's a great game too. All right. Well, mm-hmm. I hope everyone enjoyed this little diversion. I think this was the perfect time for it. <laughs> yes, it is a video game segment. So Nintendo 64 is the name of the planet yeah. that Donkey Kong is from. So yes, right in with your three picks. Recognizing yeah. that we were doing a snake draft. And so Alex got some of the good picks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So they go through the escape tunnels and we have a whole Pac-Man sequence here where Zoidberg eats fry and they're horrified. And he's like, don't worry, I had another guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um i'm a big pac-man fan i like uh miss pac-man better there's something about like the balance of original pac-man it was like way too hard it would just like destroy me and i feel like miss pac-man is a lot easier yeah i honestly can't remember but remember finding those yeah. damn ghosts very frustrating <laughs> so lur shows up and he's like tremble in fear at our three kinds of ships and it's like a space invaders montage and uh, as a canadian alex the all rush mixtape really speaks to me that's what fry <laughs> requires in order to be good at space invaders yeah i have no comment because it is music uh <laughs> it's canadian music say. it's canadian yeah, i went music. to see rush i've been to see them twice in concert and the second time that i went they were like oh my god like what an incredible night there are nine women in the audience tonight and i was like that's me wow yeah it's like, <laughs> I'm famously one of them. 
Famously, only old men like Rush and me. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes. So we can tell that something bad is going to happen to Pac-Man, General Pac-Man, because he says, my retirement tomorrow will be all the sweeter. And anytime <laughs> you get a reference to retiring tomorrow, that person dies. And uh, yes. your beloved Ms. Pac-Man makes an appearance here. Yes. Uh, Leela says, let me find it. It was such a good line. God, where is it? Like something the like console the widow Pac-Man. Yes, yes. Fry is like, Leela. Tend to the widow Pac-Man. And I, that was a yeah, line. Tend to the widow Pac-Man. Yes, that was a line that I remembered like from the beginning of this. I was like, the widow Pac-Man. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Incredible line. Yes, I love it so much. I really love watches I fire upward through our own shield. And everyone mm-hmm. says, he's a madman. He's a madman. Yes. And Laura keeps going like, increase speed, drop down, or reverse direction. But I think one thing that's always sort of bugged me about this segment is that Fry has been described as being like incredible at all these video games and he played it till his eyeballs bled. And then it's like, I could never get the last one. My brother always did it for me, which like, yes, that feels very real to being a child playing video games. But also how, how did he never learn this? This is our savior. He shot where they were and not where they were going to be. Yes, uh, which is also a great line. (laughs) I say that all, I I literally played Mario Party 2 on the Switch mm-hmm. N64 like ROM. Yes. I was playing Mario Party 2 this weekend and there was an air hockey mini game and I was yelling, shoot where they're, or don't shoot where they are, shoot where they're going to be. <laughs> <laughs> and that was before you even rewatched this, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's good. Yes, and it turns out that they're there to demand a million allowances worth of quarters. And they're like, no, we need this to do our laundry. We can't give you all our quarters. And so they just agree that they're all going to throw them all in together. That's fine. Good good compromise. Yes, yes. If this cape shrinks, consider your species extinct. We also get a little reference <laughs> to all your base are belong to us. And the guy that I dated in mm-hmm. university loved that reference so much. Oh, yeah. that's. Yeah, I won't judge him too hardly. I mean, that was like the peak time for all your bases yes. belong to us. Um, yes. But now it's a little, a little over. You're telling on yourself by liking this. <laughs> <Too much. laughs> I, I don't, I don't like. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yes. who, yes. yeah Pe- the people that do like that. People who like it too much are telling on themselves. Yes. Um, um, do you have a favorite of all of these like old school arcade games between Pac-Man, Space Invaders? Uh, what mm. else do they do here? Is it just those two? Uh, Donkey Kong, I guess. Yeah, I guess maybe Donkey Kong of those three. Space Invaders never really, I don't know, I wasn't that into Space Invaders. Yeah. When I lived in Chicago, Chicago, at least when I lived there, which was like 2014, they had like a huge arcade bar scene. Like that's actually like the one thing that Chicago had that New York doesn't have, where there's like one arcade bar in New York and Chicago had like four within like walking slash Uber distance. And we would go to those a lot and they had this great game called queen bee i think and it was like a four on four like four on four strategy arcade game where there were like many different paths to victory you could either like kill the opponent's queen bee or you could fill up all the honeycombs or my favorite strategy was at the very bottom of the screen there was a snail and if you hop on the snail it slowly inches towards the the opponent's like goalpost or whatever and like <laughs> the the enemy team would just have to like come harass you off the snail and, and get you off of it and so like the snail functioned as like this just like constant deterrent of like okay if they're focusing too much on these other objectives we can like try to sneak a snail win and it was always it was always so fun to be playing these like 4v4 games against strangers and like people are watching you and everyone starts chanting snail 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 (laughs) (laughs) wow yeah so there used to be a place around here where 
it was a movie theater that also had cosmic bowling and had an arcade. And I think they had mini golf. And I was like, this is a perfect establishment in every way. Mm. But of course, that does not exist anymore because none of those things are popular. But I played <laughs> a lot of Mortal Kombat. <laughs> that was probably my go-to arcade game at the time. There is a barcade in the city. And sometimes I think maybe I should go try it out. This is making me think I should go. You should. So especially for Queen Bee, like back in Chicago, when Queen Bee, it was like, oh, there's only like five of these machines in the entire world. And since then, right. I think that they have like produced many more. But Queen Bee arcade game. Sorry, it's called Killer Queen, not Queen Bee. It's the world's only 10 player strategy arcade game. Truly, like a lot. Uh, yeah, truly a joyous, you know, a little bit of nostalgia for me thinking back to the, the Killer Queen days. Yeah. Wow. All right. We could we could buy one for fifteen thousand dollars. Oh, all right. Should we start like a GoFundMe or something? A Patreon? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, if anyone wants to send us fifteen thousand dollars, it can stay in Alex's house, and I will come play it sometimes. Yeah, and all and when Lindsay comes down, I'll invite eight of you to participate <laughs> yeah. in, the, in the ten player game. That's right. That's right. Okay, so the third segment is called Wizen, and this is Leela's story. As we alluded to, she's going to say, what if she found her true home? But then when the lever is pulled on the what-if machine, it knocks her out, and she goes into a Wizard of Oz parody world. Yeah, I like that uh, this was not super apparent that this is like a hallucination from Leela. Like, if you miss that, you will think that it's yes. just a, another segment. But I like that she at the end of this, she comes out of it, and that has clearly been like, yeah, imagining the whole thing. Yes. And so Leela and Nibbler are riding along in the ship and we see Scruffy as the Wicked Witch flying alongside her and mm -hmm. they arrive in this very colorful, wacky world with a group that is similar but legally distinct from the Lollipop Guild. <laughs> yeah, funny song there. I like the NBC Peacock yes. is there like unfurling its feathers. Yes, I think that's interesting. This probably would have been on Fox now. <laughs> I wonder if it was a... It does it does seem a little bit weird that that is included. And I wonder if this is a like presented in color type of thing. Right. Like Wizard of Oz famously like not in color until they get to the land of Oz. So maybe that was just like a way to reference that. I don't know. Yes. And Layla's going to steal these ruby boots from Scruffy's body. And she's like, oh, my God, they magically ended up on my feet. And they're like, no, we saw you steal them. Yeah. Amy comes down as the cute witch of the north. Mm -hmm. Yes. And she suggests that. They go see the professor at the Emerald Laboratory. He's the only one who could send you home. And they have to take Martin Luther King Boulevard, which was what the Yellow Brick <laughs> Road was renamed. Yes, very funny. And Leela crushes Amy in very gruesome fashion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, why did she do this? Uh, does Amy insult her shoes or something, or the like boots? Yes, yes. She says, those are nice boots. Do they come in women's sizes? I see. So it doesn't seem like a good reason to murder her, but I guess that is the running bit in Leela's what if segments. So yeah, again, the the wiki going crazy with this uh, Leela Amy contention. So Leela discovers Fry, who is a scarecrow, and he is reading Christine by Stephen King to the birds. He's like, prepare to be terrified. <laughs> yeah, very funny trying to scare the scare the crows away via Stephen King. Are you a Stephen King fan? No, not at all. No. Are you an anti-Stephen King fan? Do you think it's a tough look for the, all the dudes that are Stephen King fans? No, I nothing Stephen King. I think he's fine. I don't like being scared. <laughs> I say. I, I have a very like quiet, Stephen creaky King. house. It's like, mm, no. Yeah. I like Stephen King quite a lot, but I also think that that is like a bit of a red flag. Yes. Of like, yeah. Yeah, I think you shouldn't like There's him too much. <laughs> yeah. 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 
everything is in moderation, you know? Yes. And Layla's like, oh, the professor might be able to give you a brain. And Fred goes, hey, that's not a nice thing to say. (laughs) (laughs) Very sad. Yes. And she gives some booze to Bender and he needs a human heart. And then Zoidberg just shows up in a cab and it's so funny. He just goes, I'm the other guy. (laughs) Courage. Not enough of it. (laughs) Need some from what's his name. Yeah. Yeah. Very funny. Yeah. I like that Bender needs the human heart to pump blood out of his basement. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, it's good. So this one works very well. So tip my hand a little bit. I really like this segment. So yeah, again, it's like totally weird and like Mm -hmm. very random, but it's a it's a good parody of Wizard of Oz. Yes, and very, very funny jokes. So the Wicked Witch mom, she sends out her flying monkey sons to kidnap all the people, I guess. And funny line from Fry where he's like, we've been skipping for hours. (laughs) Yeah, just down the yellow brick road. Yeah, the monkeys don't kidnap Zoidberg. And he's like Mm -hmm. very upset about this where I think he has to take the cab again to like the the witch's (laughs) castle. Yeah, so they're all going to say, why did you kidnap us? And Zoidberg's like, and why did I have to take a cab? Like, taking this very personally. <laughs> and so mom offers to adopt Leela and see, to see if uh, she wants to be a witch like her. Yes. Bender pops champagne on her. She says, who would have thought a small, a small amount of liquid would fall on me? Yes, exactly. Yes, because Leela's really excited. She's like, oh my God, yes. Like, I want to be a witch as long as I get to hurt people and not just dance around at the equinox. And then, yeah, uh, mom immediately dies. Who would have thought a small amount of liquid would ever fall on me? And so they yeah. all just carry on, I guess. Just a tiny little interlude here. <laughs> This okay, I just looked this up. This whole like Lila wants to become a witch reminded me a lot of the trio support where right, Marge and Patty and Selma are a witch. Even just yes. like the animation of like she yes. Lila gets turned into a witch at the very end and is like cackling and excited about it. And it's just like reminded me so much of like when it's revealed that Marge is excited mm-hmm. to be a witch. That one's from season nine from 1997 to like five years before this one. So mm-hmm. I, I thought they might have come out at the same time, but, but no, this one's quite a bit later. So they carry on their way, and yes, Hermes is there gatekeeping the professor. (laughs) He's like, no, he has to stay here. No visitors allowed. Go sign that will I gave you. And the professor's in the background being like, who is it? Is it visitors? I want to see them. (laughs) Yeah. They do the, like, classic giant head joke of there's, like, a curtain, and there's, like, Mm -hmm. the professor's big giant head uh, um, looking very sinister, and then the curtain is pulled pulled aside, and it's revealed that he just has a giant head. I thought yes. that this one was like way too telegraphed. Like I, uh-huh. I definitely knew what was going to happen as soon uh-huh. as I saw the curtain. Yes, it's very good. Did you ever watch Third Rock from the Sun? <laughs> no, I missed that one. Okay, well, I thought you were doing it on purpose, or they'd always be like incoming transmission from the big giant head, and the, <laughs> like they were aliens, and that was their like overlord that they had to report back to. Anyway, nope. it's fine. Some people thought that was funny. There are two two listeners out there who are like, yes, Lindsay, I remember Third Rock from the Sun. <laughs> How so, did Third Rock from the Sun compare to Michael Rappenport? Let me forward. War at Home. There it is. Yes. How does it compare to War at Home? So everything is better than the War at Home. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I actually really liked Third Rock from the Sun. I remember it like there was a moment where they were doing a special episode, maybe for their like 100th episode or something. And you had to go buy that week's TV guide and it came with 3D glasses so that you could watch their 3D episode. Oh my Um, God. Yes. Very exciting. Um, What a, what a boon for TV guide if you have to buy this magazine in order to watch the TV show. Yeah. I think that's what it was. Yeah. And I mean, it would be like, put on 3D glasses now. And I remember they like threw an apple or something. So, wow. Mm -hmm. 
Yes. So he goes around and he is going to actually help out all of them. He goes to Zoidberg and says, you don't need courage when you have a gun and gives him a gun. (laughs) He tells Fry all he needs is a brain. He doesn't actually seem to give anything to Fry, but Fry just goes like, why does everyone keep saying that? (laughs) Yeah, I I wrote down the same thing. I I was like taking notes and it's like, okay, he's giving something to Fry and they just like kind of move on. They don't give him anything. Yes, yes. And they give Bender some Professor Land fun bucks. (laughs) I'm currently asking... ChatGPT, compare and contrast the show Third Rock from the Sun and The War at Home. So we will <laughs> we'll see what they say. Yes, we'll see how much War at Home content ChatGPT has. We will check in on that at the at the end of the episode here. Okay, let it, let it generate. Okay, perfect. That'll give you time to, <laughs> to censor as you go, <laughs> abridge yeah. the content. Yes. So for Leela, she says that she wants to be a witch and the professor is going to say, no, you actually want to go home to Kansas to live in poverty with your dirt farming, teetotaling aunt and uncle. So <laughs> click your big honking boots together three times. Yeah. Uh, brutal take on Kansas. Um, yes. Dirt farming, <laughs> live in poverty. Yeah. yeah. And so she clicks her heels together three times that there's no place like, I want to be a witch. And she turns into a witch. Yeah. And again, very, very excited to do so, just like Marge. Yes. And she's a witch for like one second, has time to turn Bender, Professor, and Fry into toads, and then is immediately covered in water from an overflowing toilet upstairs caused by Zoidberg. Yes. Very gross. Very gross, yes. And she, Leela in the real world wakes up as they're throwing a bunch of water <laughs> on her face. And she's like, oh my God, I was having a wonderful dream, but I hated it because you were there and you yeah, were there. Except you, you were there, there and you were there. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I um, love that take on it. <laughs> yeah, very iconic. Mm-hmm. Yes, and the professor, it turns out, was planning to harvest her organs and he's disappointed. Yeah, we we skipped over the uh, outro of the second segment being, oh, bravo, yeah. that will be hard to top. I pity the next tale of interest. Yes, yes. And it was hard to top, but I think we did it. Yeah, how yeah. would you how do you rank these three? I think, let's see. Okay, so I, I think actually they just go in reverse order for me. I think it's Wizard of Oz, then Nintendo, then Bender as a Human. I definitely have Bender as a human last as well. Yeah. Um, the other two are pretty close. I mean, I think I'm just like more interested in video games than Wizard of Oz, but the Wizard mm-hmm. of Oz probably has better jokes. Yes. Um, let's go do what we said we were going to do. If you had to compare Bender is really tall to Bender as a human, which one do you like better? <laughs> um, I remember nothing about Bender is really tall, but I'll go <laughs> Bender is really tall. Yes, Bender is really tall. I like better. For sure. Like it has that cute scene of like playing hide and seek with Fry and they're like listening to Hanson. So it's very good. That one's much more charming. Okay. There's nothing that wrong with Bender as a human, but it's just like not much interesting happens and it's not super funny. Yes, agreed. The Leela ones are Wizard of Oz versus Leela murders everybody. I think I prefer Wizard of Oz. Yeah, I prefer Wizard of Oz too. Definitely some memorable jokes in that one. Mm-hmm. And then this one is the Fry stories are the arcade one versus what if Fry never came to the future, which you don't remember at all, but does have the Stephen Hawking jokes. <laughs> right. I'll go. I'll go video games. Mm-hmm. Th- this one, I think, is the closest matchup for me. I I think I'll go the original one. But it's close. That, that one's a tough one. I like if I had to call it a draw, I think I would just because I think they're both so good. Like the Stephen Hawking hole to me is more memorable than this arcade one. So mm-hmm. I, I think that one gets a slight edge for me. So I, I actually was going to say, I think I liked this one better than the first one overall, but I gave my win to two of the storylines in the original. Wow. So 
Okay. Yeah. Um, I guess okay. I guess on that logic, I give my win to, to this second one based off of uh, Wizard of Oz and video games. Perfect. ChatGPT didn't have a ton of interesting things to say. They, <laughs> he compared and contrasted the two shows. I asked which is better, and they gave like a non-answer of it's like subjective. And so I like berated it into picking one for, for me. Like I said, please pick one with the knowledge that I'm a 33-year-old man. He says, given that you're a 33-year-old man and without specific information about your preferences, I suggest the war at home. Oh, my Ooh, God. Ooh, yes. Tomato, tomato, this, boo. I guess, I guess they think I'm like, they don't want, they think that I don't want anything crazy. They say, this show offers a more conventional sitcom format centered around the, a dysfunctional family addressing relatable challenges in relationships. So they're just like, yeah, uh, this He's is a like, more generic one. You're also a 33-year-old man. I assume you also hate your wife and kids. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So perfect. All right. I would personally recommend Third Rock in the Sun, but that's fine. All right. Winners of this episode. It's hard to do because everything was weird, but I guess we could just talk about the high level winners. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Are we counting alternate realities or are we yeah, counting only so. our reality? Okay. The loser is uh, Colin Pac-Man. <laughs> Pac-Man, definitely. I mean, Bender also dies pretty gruesomely. Amy also dies gruesomely. Mm-hmm. Do we know who the original witch is that got smushed? Scruffy. Oh, Scruffy, of course. Um, Scruffy. <laughs> Scruffy's a loser. Leela ends up okay in all of these. Well, Leela also dies gruesomely. So. Yeah. <laughs> Mom. Zoidberg? Man, a lot of death. Zoidberg seems to do well. Yeah, he gets a gun and is now brave. <laughs> uh, all right, Zoidberg's our winner. Yeah, all right, great. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, perfect. So next week, Alex, we are watching an episode called Love and Rocket. Love and Rocket. I don't even know what it could be a reference to. Yeah, I'm not sure why it's called that, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, like, I mean, I don't know what the title of Bender is God is, but that involves like Bender loving his creations. So I'm going <laughs> to guess that it's the Bender is God episode. All right, well. Yes, we'll find out next week, won't we? <laughs> to be determined. Yes. Perfect. All right. How can people get in touch with us if they are so inclined? Uh, yeah. Send us your N64 draft at potoftomorrow at gmail.com. And I'm happy to say that Pot of Tomorrow on Twitter is not destroyed because, let me look this up, notifications, good old Alex followers oh. confirmed, I mean, pretty confirmed, not bought. Is it you? <laughs> it's not me. It's not me. But they're tweeting things that bots don't tweet about. All right. So Good. perfect. We made it. We made Welcome it another Alex. week. Yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you right, for well, preserving the Twitter. Survives for another week. And yeah, I guess we'll see what happens in the beginning of February. I will say that this notification shows Alex and five others followed you, and the five others are all scantily clad women so okay. those, are, those would be the bots yeah well <laughs> you never know maybe we just have a very specific demographic that is true yeah perfect all right well with that join us next week for season four episode four love and rocket bye